ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. It's day seven of Alyssa's labour and she's back at the hospital because things are finally progressing. She spent the last few days at home, the labour stopping and starting, with Max by her side with heat packs and pep talks and just being there for her. But things aren't going so well. The baby is in distress. And after seven days of on and off labouring, Alyssa is going to need an emergency C-section. Her mum follows her into the surgery. But Max is left out in the waiting room. Oh, it felt like an eternity. Just waiting, waiting, waiting. A million thoughts are rushing through his head. How is she? How is the baby? Is she going to be all right? Is something going to happen because it's a bit more high risk than a planned Caesar? Is everything all right with the baby? Uh, what's the baby going to look like? Seems harsh to leave Max out there waiting, but they never actually talked about him being there. I thought to myself, I don't want to taint my birthing experience if we fizzle out and then I forever know that this random Tinder date was at my birth. And I was also thinking, my mum's here. Obviously, between a random Tinder date and my mum, it was always going to be my mum. I'm Farza Draki, and on this Days Like These, reporter Hannah Reish crashes the wildest fourth date ever. Alyssa always wanted to be a mum, just not at 19 years old. And 17 weeks into her pregnancy, she's in for another surprise. Her long-term partner leaves. I think part of me kind of went numb, honestly, because I was like, just don't feel, just focus on like the baby and you'll get through this. But then, of course, there was a huge part of me that was like, what am I doing? I don't know what to do. I barely had life experience, let alone keeping another whole human alive. And yeah, obviously, I was very terrified. A few weeks later, Alyssa is busy grieving the end of her relationship and just trying to figure out how she's going to be a single mum in a few short months. But her best friend has another idea. She said to me, are you going to date? Are you going to look for a relationship? And I was like, no, I'm focusing on my baby right now. That's the last thing I can think of. And she's like, oh, well, you could just jump on Tinder now and just do a date here and there. It doesn't have to mean anything. But once you have your baby, initially you're going to be trying to survive as a mum. And it's a lot harder to date when you've got a child. And so, yeah, honestly, I'd hit rock bottom, so there wasn't much further down to go. So I was like, may as well get Tinder because it can only really go up from here, right? Like, (laughs) what's the worst that can happen? Alyssa is now 20 weeks pregnant and building her Tinder profile. The whole time making the profile, I was like, what am I even doing? But in my bio, there was an option where you could pick five hobbies about yourself and there was a category that said single mum. And so I was like, well, that's as close as I can get to saying that I'm pregnant at that stage. She did also make it clear in her bio section that she was with child and included a photo of herself with a baby bump. Then Alyssa starts swiping and matching. Which surprised me because I didn't think anybody would be swiping on a pregnant chick. Look, some guys clearly haven't clocked her being in the family way. And then there are matches with other things on their minds. There were some weirdos out there. There were some people that clearly had pregnancy fetishes. There are people, yeah, who obviously wanted to, like, know more information about it, and that's, like, the only reason why they swiped. But then there's Max, 25. The first picture Alyssa sees of him, he's holding a dog. 
That shows responsibility. It shows he can keep this puppy alive. Max, meanwhile, had been on Tinder for a year or so, looking for a relationship or at least someone to cuddle up to through an unexpectedly cold Brisbane winter. The profile was Alyssa, 19. She was just very upfront and honest with what she was, what she was after. I think she looked very beautiful, but I haven't really swapped on anyone that was pregnant before and wasn't something I'd previously considered, but I just stopped and just had a think and yeah, decided to swap right on her. Max sends the first message. So how does this work now? Uh, are we married? <laughs> That's a pretty big opening joke. That was the intent of it. Like, it's a very, like, massive, like... Haha, ha, that's funny. We just swipe right on a dating app. No, no, we're not married. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But it starts a conversation. So, had you used that line before? Uh, I'm, I wasn't meant to say yes, but uh, I have, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Max's joke breaks the ice and sparks are flying. But he hasn't asked about the fetus in the room. So, Alyssa is worried. I was like, I don't think you understand. Like, I'm pregnant. There will be a baby at the end of four months' time. And he's like, yep. And I was like, is this not, like, bothering? This is a big thing. He was so chill about it. Liz made sure that I was aware. Uh, it was a very big thing in her initial couple of days. It was a lot of double-checking. A week after they matched Alyssa, now 25 weeks pregnant, and Max decide to go on their very first date. I was excited. I was curious. also anxious. I had a family lunch beforehand and my mum was like, what is up with you? You seem really on edge. And I couldn't tell her. I didn't want to tell her. Um, But yeah, I was very nervous. I knew that potentially the first date would include a lot of big conversations because of the situation, obviously, of being pregnant. Alyssa is going over to Max's apartment. Not exactly what's recommended for meeting total strangers through online dating, especially when one party is knocked up. But they both prepare for the date in their own ways. Yeah, I'd just like have the apartment sort of tidied and cleaned. Um, Liz would argue now my version of clean is not hers, but... I wore a long, very reserved pink dress that shaped my bump nicely. But then when I met Max, I remember trying to suck my stomach in because I was like so insecure. Alyssa arrives in the lobby of Max's apartment building. There he is, ready to take her upstairs. They make small talk while they're waiting for the lift and size each other up. Well, he did look exactly like his photos, so that was a plus. Alyssa, though, she's changed a little since she built her Tinder profile. He kind of looked at me and he's like, you're brunette. And I was like, yes, because I realised the first four photos of me pre-pregnancy, I had blonde hair. It had a series of photos of her both as a blonde and as a brunette. Obviously, it didn't indicate which way it was which at the time. It appears that the biggest issue for Max isn't the um, uh, human life growing in Alyssa's womb, but her hair colour. But they somehow overcome it. He was lovely straight away, fan handshake, and then he gave me a hug because he was like, oh, that was a bit too formal. And we went up in the lift to his apartment and I just couldn't make eye contact and he was having full conversations with me and I just couldn't look at him. I was so nervous. First dates can be incredibly awkward and many find alcohol a handy way to deal with that. But these two don't have that crutch. Instead, Max has set them a task. He wants them to make lasagna. So you made a pregnant woman work, is what I'm hearing. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of thought that he would cook me dinner, honestly. And I next level hate cooking. Despite that, they push on. Um, It was a bonding experience, I guess. 
The other thing, Max is living a bachelor's life. Beside the lasagna ingredients, his kitchen is basically empty. So he's lured this pregnant woman to his apartment, made her work, and then hasn't provided any snacks. I'm sure I had a couple little things, but definitely not to the standard that I I know is now the, the way that needs to be. It's a miracle that the date didn't end there, but it continues. They put the lasagna in the oven and move to the lounge. Yeah, so we just cuddled a bit, just snuggling up on the lounge. You know, obviously a cold winter night. Be rude to let a a pregnant woman um, sit by herself cold. (laughs) All I was focusing on was how nervous I was that we were cuddling on the couch. His hand was on my lap. I don't even know what was on the screen. According to Max, he put the very romantic TV series Mythbusters on. Now, this is all very cute, but I think we're all wondering the same thing. Was the lasagna any good? I think she enjoyed it. It was good. It wasn't like super creamy, but it was his family's recipe, so I guess it was sentimental and special. Okay, case closed. This myth ain't busted. The lasagna was, in fact, good. But what about the bun in the oven? They dance around it, but don't properly tackle it on that date. Two weeks later, Alyssa is 27 weeks pregnant, and they go on a very romantic second date, a sunrise walk on the beach. We ended up getting a bit lost on the way back and ended up walking 13 kilometres. I am like the most unfit person, and so he's doing this hike as if it's just a daily stroll, and I am dying, literally out of breath. I've got cramps everywhere. I'm dripping with sweat. And every time he turned around to like look at the water or anything, I would literally drop to the floor being like, what the hell am I doing? And then he turned back around again and I'd compose myself. I could not walk for a week after that. It was on that date, before the accidental hike, that they kissed. Or well, maybe it was the first date. They don't really seem to agree on that one. Um... She's going to slap me for not knowing. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is where we uh, had the kiss. Is that what he told you? That's what he told me. Along the way, Alyssa tells Max how the pregnancy is going and how the baby's father is no longer on the scene. Uh, It was definitely a lot to process, but neither of us had been parents before. Neither of us knew what we were expecting. Yeah, it was a lot of time just spent thinking about what I was willing to do. After a cooking trial and a hike, their third date is bungee jumping. I jest. Max decided to let Alyssa, who is about 30 weeks pregnant now, off the hook, and they finally go on a normal date to the movies. I'm really liking our dates. I'm loving the connection that Max and I have, but I obviously am aware that he could leave at any moment. My ex, I trusted this person so much and then he left and broke my heart. So what was to say that this random Tinder date wouldn't just do the exact same? And anything that I do involve him in potentially down the track, I might regret if we just fizzle out and become nothing. Max goes away for a few weeks for work, but they're both looking forward to going on a fourth date on his return. In fact, Alyssa is going to pick Max up from the airport. Max's plane lands and he turns his phone off airplane mode and immediately receives this message from Alyssa. I don't know what's happening. I just can't do this fourth date with you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Alyssa had been at a prenatal appointment with her midwife, her being 34 weeks pregnant with another man's child and all. Turned out that my waters had broken and I didn't even know about it. And she reckoned they'd been broken for a few days. Um... 
but I thought it'd be in the movies where it just one big gush just all comes out. Alyssa was terrified. She immediately called her mum, but she also instantly thought of Max. I wanted to hear his voice. He was very calming for me. And I also wanted to let him know that I couldn't pick him up from the airport. Max had also seen enough movies to know what broken waters meant. Oh my God, that means there's a baby coming. Um, so yeah. I think it was just blank. A computer had the error. If you had a blue screen or your phone's frozen, you're just like, um, but how do I process this? He was like, it's okay, try not to stress, just relax. This moment's about you and the baby. Um, we can totally reschedule another day. It is all good. Max is appearing calm and collected, but he doesn't really know what to do. Plus, he's just lost his ride home. It was at the crossroads where it's like, do I go support her now and commit to this completely? Or do I walk away? I think it was only a couple of split seconds while I was still sitting on the plane going to the terminal. And I was like, look, this this is such a a massive part in her life. And even if this doesn't eventuate, she needs support now. And I just wanted to be there to offer the support. If she didn't want me there, then I'll just go on my own way after that and see her post-birth when she was ready. But if she was willing, then I was going to be there to help her. It was that mindset again of what's the worst that can happen? Like you already hit rock bottom. Now you've got like pregnancy complications. A little bit of support is only a positive thing. So I was like, yeah, sure. But I didn't know if he'd actually commit to it. I thought he was just offering to be nice. I didn't realize that he was already on his way. He rocks up to the hospital. He walks into my room. She was just sitting there. I was having some contractions and it was just high, um, sort of like that a little bit kind of awkward, like, how do you address this? This is happening a lot sooner than either of us was expecting. After that first awkwardness, Max finds the ropes. Yeah, so she was just sitting on the bed, just, uh, I think she was having a snack. Snacks, I told you, snacks are very important. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I've learnt. <laughs> I think a lot of it was just providing access to heat packs or she just needed a lot of pressure on her back uh, to help sort of counteract the contractions. It would just be like, help push on her back and uh, just do little things. Massage, yeah, heat packs, water and snacks were essentially it. Alyssa's mum was there too. So we have all the ingredients of a classic fourth date. Heat packs, pressure-relieving massage and a parental chaperone. Of course, every doctor, nurse and midwife attending to the mother-to-be just assumed Max was the father of the impending bundle of joy. Oh, like, it's a little bit awkward, kind of weird, like, oh, I'm technically not the dad. Uh, it was just a, like, oh, like, I don't know what to say. I just sit there and smile. But unlike all the movies you've ever seen, what is having broken doesn't always mean that the baby's going to come immediately. So Alyssa's sent home until things progress. I was just like, I'll come and stay with you. And she was trying to rebut that a bit and just be like, oh, no, no, like, you've got work, you've got all these things. Like, no, 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 if you are willing to let me stay, I will be there the whole time. Max takes a week of annual leave, not telling his work what he's up to. By the end of that week, I was just like, get me a water, get me a heat pack. I was kind of bossing him around because I was so over everything and everyone. And he just, any mood swing, any anything that I threw at him, he just copped it and was just such a gentleman and so respectful throughout the whole labouring process. He was a gem. At the end of that week, Alyssa, her mum and Max are back in the hospital and there's no other way to do it. It's C-section time. I was like, oh, okay. The doctor's saying they need to go and pull a baby out now. And and I was like, oh, this is a lot. And especially for Liz. In the operating theatre, Alyssa meets her baby boy, Ollie. When they lifted up Ollie for the first time and I got to see him, it was just instant chills, instant relief, instant love. 
and you just look at this little thing and go, it is so innocent, it is so pure. And I was really worried I wouldn't feel that because so many people hyped the moment up for me so much, but I definitely did feel the euphoria. While Alyssa remains in theatre, her mum introduces Ollie to Max. I'd never seen a newborn baby. I didn't realise how wrinkly they were. Um, and he just looked like a miniature old man. It's like, oh, wow. Um, it's a beautiful little thing seeing a brand new uh, life brought in the world. But I was like, wow, he just looks really old. Max is face to face with this tiny old man. But he's pretty distracted, still wondering how Alyssa is doing. As Ollie is a premature bub, he has to go to the NICU for monitoring and some support. Alyssa is wheeled out soon after, and she's all right. Max, though... He was pale, sweating, looked like he just had a heart attack. I was saying to a nurse, can you get him a bed? He was so stressed. He was like, that was the longest hour of my life. Don't leave me again. It's the first night of Ollie's life, and Max is there. When he stayed, it was definitely reassuring. And he was right in there. He was like, yep, you need help, like, getting the bottles? Sure. You want toast for breakfast? Sure. You want me to hold the baby? Sure. He was so involved, mm. even more so than some of the biological dads on the birth suite. And, yeah, he looked just so proud. After Alyssa and Ollie leave the hospital, Max doesn't officially move in, but he basically does. And that tiny old man starts to feel like his tiny old man. It would have been like the first couple of hours after getting Ollie back home and um, having him there out of the NICU with back with us and just being like, oh, like we are the sole reasons this kid is now going to be alive. Um, and just that weight of responsibility, and I guess that like just sort of paternal drive started like kicking in properly at that point. Alyssa, on the other hand, was struggling postpartum. Everything was making me next level, angry, frustrated, upset. And he just emotionally like carried us through that um, and was just so loving and patient. And yeah, I felt like he really stepped up with Ollie as well when I was struggling. Yeah, so I was doing anything I could to help uh, partially because I've always wanted to be like an involved parent, but I also knew the relevance of showing her I was committed and willing to support uh, her and Ollie. I was quite insecure and I said, look, I am worried to fully trust and fully be 100% in this relationship. I feel like I've always got pinky toe out of the water because I'm so scared that you're going to leave. And he's like, that's okay, but I'm just going to show up every day and I'm going to give you my all and I'm going to give Ollie my all and I'm going to prove to you over time that I'm not leaving. If I wanted to leave, I would have done that the second Ollie was born or after the first date. I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. Alyssa had nine months to process becoming Ollie's parent. Max had only a few. And of course, there were surprises. How fragile they are, like the neck, how they have zero control over their body and um, the poop. <laughs> oh, those, those first couple of poops. Oh, God. oh wow, there's something else. But it was never too much for Max. You analogise it to jumping in the deep end and you're either going to sink or swim. I just started swimming. Uh, I worked with Liz and we both, yeah, became parents. I felt like as long as we were both supporting each other and working through this together, we're both learning as we go. Eight weeks after Ollie was born, Alyssa is watching Max, the random Tinder date she'd only met a few months before, playing with her son in her living room. He said, hey, Ollie, I love you so much. I was like, really? 
And he goes, yeah, I've been there from day dot. I've done everything with you for the last eight weeks. And he really did. And he's like, I just love this little human being so much. This is my little buddy. Um, I'm so proud of him. And yeah, so if any moment felt like he was Ollie's dad, that was it. What has it been like to watch them and their relationship as Ollie gets older? And what are they like together? They have a bond like no other. <laughs> In Ollie's world, I don't even think I exist. It's just da-da-da-da-da-da. A year after their very first date, Max takes Alyssa and Ollie back to the site of their accidental hike on their second date and asks her to marry him. Alyssa was already pregnant with their second child, Autumn. Not by accident. Looking back, we're like, why did we do that to ourselves? Um, <laughs> because Ollie was an absolute angel, really glowed up, no dramas. Everything we'd learnt from Ollie had not prepared us for autumn. Ollie was such an easy baby and slept through the night from 12 weeks of age. And I'm talking like slept through for 12 hours a night. And so I just thought I could have 10 of these babies. And then we had autumn. She was just a completely different baby. Stage five clinger. And I got a big wake up call. Uh, Yeah, we got stitched up. In the space of 18 months, Max went from a single guy to an engaged father of two kids under 15 months old with the kitchen filled with snacks. They're both mine. Although I'm not Ollie's biological father, I'm Emmy's dad. I've been his dad. I was there for the birth. All of the hard times and all of the cute stuff, like, he is my kid. And what's next? They're another kid on the way. We will have a third kid, um, but two's definitely enough for us at this stage. Did Max say that? Definitely after the wedding, after the house, then maybe a third baby, but I can't believe he said that. (laughs) (laughs) That was Alyssa Hodges and Max Sylvie, who now have an almost two-and-a-half-year-old and a a one-year-old. Hannah Reesh reported this story, and her daughter slept through the night from 16 months old. Knock on wood. Sophie Townsend is our executive producer and her first child didn't sleep properly for what felt like 20 years, but was probably only nine months. Her second child slept beautifully, but only if she could hold her father's earlobe. Timothy Jenkins is our sound engineer and he has a six-month-old daughter who so far seems pretty good at sleeping. Please process your resentment. I'm Farza Draki. In terms of bedtime routines, well... I'm still working on one. This story was produced on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung, Boonwurrung, Boonwurrung and Gadigal peoples. This is Days Like These, the podcast that encourages parents to not compare their kids. See you next time. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.